Even before the pandemic, digital transformation was already in the agenda for many organizations. From what we understand, the imperative to transform got a renewed sense of urgency during the pandemic. And in some cases, the window to transform narrowed from, say, three to five years to about six months or so. IDC predicts that by 2023, 75% of organizations will have a comprehensive digital transformation implementation roadmap, up from 27% in 2020, resulting in true transformation across all facets of business and society. We've also been hearing of increased importance being placed on data around the same period as digital transformation. How are these two related and are they separable or inseparable? Joining us today on Podchats for Future CIO is Mr. Julian Quinn, Senior Vice President of Alterix's Asia-Pacific and Japan operations to shed light on the relationship between data and digital transformation. Julian, welcome to Podchats for Future CIO. Thank you very much indeed, Alan. Uh, good morning to you. We start off with a simple question. How is data related to digital transformation? It underpins everything around digital transformation. We think in terms of when we talk about data analytics, it's really a combination of looking at the firstly the strategy in relation to a company in terms of how well the strategy is tied to the interdependencies and stakeholders. And without that, the returns would be very inconsistent. Uh, Secondly, it's the data itself. And it's all facets of data from flat file formats through to data in the cloud through to IoT through to social media to object relational data in data lakes. And it's really about telling the story inside that data and providing automated insights that then could be actioned by the business. But, you know, it's one thing to have the ability to bring in multiple data sources to not just ingest the data, but to be able to transform it and then deliver it. The other side is the people that are receiving that data, are they able to understand it, converse with it, argue with data and the upskilling the workforce is very important in that. And then the last piece around digital transformation and data analytics is able to provide this is in the process automation area. When you think about data and analytics, you think about the first mile of the journey, which is all the inputs coming in from a whole multitude of different data sources. Um, It could be from ERP systems, it could be from CRM, it could be social media feeds, it could be sentiment analysis, it could be in PDF documents. Then all of the automation in the center and then it output back into the business, whether it's to a bot, whether it's back into the finance team or the tax and audit team, any of that. So we really talk about covering the full gambit of the analytics journey around descriptive, diagnostic, predictive and prescriptive analytics. So it covers all of all of those things. They're really inseparable. Why do analytics think that data and analytics competencies are key to digital transformation success? Let me give you a very simple analogy. Um, It's a bit like a root is to a tree and data is the root to an argument. And when I talk about this ability to data literacy, as we refer to it, it's the ability to look at data and make sense of data, to converse with it, argue with it and do that in context. There is a very tight linkage between if you look at the IDC report of towards analytics automation, that it assesses where organisations 
organizations across Asia Pacific are on the maturity level in relation to strategy, the data itself and the governance and all of those related issues, together with the workforce and their ability to use that data and rely on that data to make the right kind of decisions for the organization. And then the process piece, there are only 19% of companies across all of Asia Pacific region that are regarded as expert. And then there's a second category, which are practitioners, and then we have beginners as well. So in order to achieve analytics at scale, the sum of the whole is more than the individual parts. The competencies around people coming into the workforce, understanding data is very important to succeed in digital transformation. What does the future of business powered by analytics look like? If you look at the discussion at the CIO level and the, you know, the organizational priorities, they're invariably around driving productivity with automation and, and business process optimization. There's leveraging analytics to enhance the customer engagement, but all facets of the customer journey. So being better able to service those customers, to acquire new customers, you know, every facet of it. And then, of course, using artificial intelligence, data science and machine learning to really drive that growth. What does the future of a business powered by analytics look like? Well, what I can say is that those that are in that top 19% of organizations that are in the expert category, in other words, they are moving to analytics at scale. They really do outperform their peers across all major business priorities. And the, the, the evidence is overwhelming. You know, their ability to provide cost reduction, something like 56% above their peer group. In terms of their business model innovation, you know, at 28% above the peer group. New product development, 17%, and then things like market expansion, 12%. You know, and I think the question around what does it look like, and it really does mean that, you know, if you're in a financial services, it means that with a analytics process automation platform, you're able to manage that data end to end, and it will provide you with automated insights and put that into the hands of the line of business, those that are closest to the business itself. And we talk a lot about self-service analytics, which is is the true democratization of data. And this gives you the ability to do, regardless of your role, one of the beautiful use cases that Aleb Jacobson, our chief data analyst and officer, shows is one of the workflows that his 11-year-old daughter uh, put together. And it's, it's a workflow and it, it shows you the, the ease of which a low-code, no-code based approach can really provide value to the business. So if you're financial services, you know, you can be managing your compliance, you can mitigate risk, you could be doing automated fraud detection, you can gain deeper insights to your customers and improve the operational efficiency for much higher up margins and returns. If you're in healthcare, it's really providing a unified picture of patient and healthcare operations to improve the business. You know, prevention and prediction around chronic disease prevention, for example. Or if you're in higher education, you know, it's disrupting the disruptors with analytics to improve things like student retention and elevate the alumni engagement, as well as transform the academic success. And of course, if you're in the public sector and government, it's all about how do you better service your citizens? How do you accelerate outcomes for them? How do you get them back to work in this COVID pandemic world that we live in? How do you upskill and train them? That's what it looks like, um, Alan. According to IDC, at least in the Asia-Pacific region, as much as 70% of business-critical applications are still classed as legacy systems. So how can organizations harness the benefit of data analytics within the constraints of these existing legacy technologies to achieve the data-driven transformation at scale that you mentioned? 
So the key thing about the legacy technology, and you look at the first mile and the last mile of the journey, which I talked about, the analytics automation process, uh, you know, the platform itself. From a legacy perspective, you simply don't have that degree of integration automation. And what's very complex for the business is that you have 44% of data workers today spending huge amounts of time uh, searching for data, and then not just searching for it, preparing it. Now, just imagine if if you could free up the business so that they didn't have to do that. And the reason why it's so complicated in, in business is because the legacy to solutions that are there, they're very often seven to eight different solutions or tools involved in the input phase. Then you've got the piece in the middle, which requires about four or five different processes, again, with manual handoffs between one and the other. And then when you get to the output stage, you've got another potentially seven to 10 different outputs. So there is huge complexity around it. And, you know, one of the, this groundbreaking research that we did through IDC is that on average, you know, organizations are dealing with 26 data sources. There are on average four different data file types from flat files to IT to social media with 26 new data sources coming in and streaming into the business all the time. And there aren't simply enough data scientists in the world to be able to meet the needs and the pace of the business. And this is why legacy technology doesn't scale and it's a real impediment. And it's the very reason why, you know, when executives are interviewed around this, they say that the tools are way too hard to use. 55% are saying that. They're unmanaged and they're scattered throughout the organization and each has their own learning path and they're complex with handoffs to other tools. There's a lack of timely access to data. So the system is not doing the heavy work for you. It's the data workers that are having to do that. And then there's issues around data purity. I mean, the data should be as pure as the water we drink, because in order to converse with data, it needs to be reliable and it needs to be governed and scalable. And then, of course, we talked about the upskilling that's required. And a modern uh, analytics platform provides you with all of that automation, uh, code-free, code-friendly. And the beautiful thing is, is you can also absorb R and Python and Spark models into a workflow. You can integrate that with a workflow that's been produced by the business and it can be bi-directional. So it really does harness the power of all of the workers, regardless of role, in the business itself to give you analytics at scale. Let me ask you this though. Can technologies like AI and automation, now you used the word automation earlier, support this data-driven transformation goal? Oh, uh, yes. Very definitely. We see that we have seven thousands of customers throughout the world that are doing very advanced things with machine learning and AI, um, which is an integral part of the Alteryx platform. It's already built in 300 automated building blocks. You can start at any path in your analytics journey. So we're seeing that and, and there are over 1700 customers here in Asia alone. And we have something like 30,000 members in the Alteryx community, of which I said there are 24,000 different solutions out there. And you'll see true examples in the Alteryx community where AI and machine learning are coming together to really help and provide significant impact to businesses. So, you know, it, you can start off with operational automation around business reporting and compliance reporting with descriptive diagnostic analytics, and you can go into strategic automation. And then the fall, which is all about demand forecasting, fraud detection, predictive maintenance, loyalty and churn, you know, inventory optimization, 
and then right the way through to organizational transformation, which is about workforce analytics, about risk management. Um, it's about patient care. It's about sales operations. It's about having a 360 view of the customer. We circle back to the skills gap that we alluded to earlier. How can organizations bridge the persistent skills gap in Asia? Because I, I was with the CIO last week and he was he was lamenting the difficulty of getting the right set of skills, particularly around the data and the use of analytics tools. His lament was there is too many different types of analytics tools and he's not sure how he will build a strategy where regardless of what platform eventually the organization will use, and they may be using different platforms across a different job functions, that the the skills will be there and will be transportable. The way that I I feel that organizations need to organize themselves for success is obviously when you're embarking on an analytics journey, I mean, the first thing to do is identify key people in the organization that are going to be advocates for data and analytics. It's amazing how many companies today, when they onboard new people, they onboard people around their operational processes and, you know, where to go and find certain things. But very few organizations onboard new members around the importance of analytics and data uh, and why that's fundamental to changing the business. And when you go back to the, you know, when I out, at the outset, when I talked about the priorities of the CIO around improving productivity through such things as AI and machine learning, as making sure that, you know, you do that. But I think the other key thing is that it's really making sure that when you embark on your journey around analytics, that you really do align the goals of the organization tied to the cost, risk, or the service impact. These are a key sort of outcome-driven metrics that are essential in enabling, enabling the different stakeholders in the business to set the priorities for the business. And then what we see is organizations building centers of excellence. Um, so you can incubate various projects. You can upskill your workforce very quickly by doing that. But we'd also highly recommend that you go to the various vendors out there in the market and we're one of them that can really help you with upskilling of your organization. And the upskilling programs are actually built into the platform itself. So a lot of the heavy lifting can be done for you. So you've covered the recommendations, you've addressed the skills gap, you've talked about digital transformation and how data supports the goals. What is your expectation of how organizations as we move ahead? We're coming into 2022. Digital transformation, from what I understand, is still part of the agenda for a lot of businesses in Asia Pacific. What's your recommendation or suggestion for organizations as to try and figure out, puzzle over data and analytics and their transformation goals? My recommendation would start today, identify a project that is going to have tangible return to the business and bring in. We work with some leading partners throughout uh, the Asia Pacific region from PwC uh, to KPMG, as well as leading technology organizations, whether it be Snowflake or UiPath, uh, are experts in the the robotic process automation space. Certainly talk to companies like Alteryx and uh, we can help you get fast started on your analytics journey very, very quickly and deliver tangible return back to the business to certainly look in the Alteryx community and you'll see an absolute wealth of information there of how to get fast started and how to upskill your workforce and to do that quickly. Julian, thank you for joining us on Podchats for Future CIO. Thank you very much indeed, Alan. That was Julian Quinn, Senior Vice President of Alteryx Asia Pacific and Japan on the topic of critical role of data in digital transformation.
You are listening in to Podchats for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now. Thank you.